We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That's what Mercy Vineyard Church is all about. We're on mission. We're not just here to circle the wagons. We're not just here to build a ministry. Uh, but we are a church on mission. And we're loving Jesus. We're loving each other. We're loving our community. We're growing in Christ. And we're going. We're serving each other. We're serving our community. And so it is, I love being a part of this church. So welcome. Uh, this morning, what we're doing is we are launching a new four-part series where we get to hear Bethany speak in a couple weeks on prayer. I'm so excited. And Wendy's going to speak on worship. But it's, uh, it's called Anchored. What we're going to do, we're going to dive into practices that hold us steady, right? Does anybody here ever feel a little bit on shaky ground? Not quite so steady. Yeah. And uh, kind of keep, we're talking about keeping our head above water when the storms of life threaten to overtake us. And uh, if you've been alive for more than a few days, uh, you probably realize that hard times come. They come, right? That's not being pessimistic. That's not, uh, you know, fearfulness or anything like that. That's just reality. Hard times come. That's part of, of life. And uh, life is, is hard. Uh, it's awesome. It's hard. It's such a combination, such a mixture of things. Um, we experience trauma. You know, when someone we love is taken from us, when we lose our job, when our car breaks down, when we get betrayed, when all those things happen at the same time, um, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, uh, hard times never come in with a sprinkle. You know, yeah, the rain doesn't come in a sprinkle. The rain comes in torrential downpours. And uh, I feel at times that there's those seasons in my life where I'm living out a country western song. And uh, it all just breaks. The truck breaks down and the cat runs away and it all happens. Um, sometimes the struggles are really internal. And we fall under doubt, right? Sometimes everything's fine, but we just fall into depression. We fall into doubt. We find ourselves hating ourselves. We fall into anxiety. We fall into cynicism. So sometimes the storms of life kind of come from within, and we have to kind of navigate through those things. And uh, whatever it is that beats against the boat of your life, you know, the, the boat that represents your life, it can be really tempting to just despair. It can be tempting to give up. It can be tempting. You know, this God thing just isn't working. You know, some people are like, oh man, I prayed and nothing happened. Felt like I was just talking to the ceiling. There's nobody there. Or, you know, or some people, it's, those people at church don't really care. You know, those people, that, they're hypocrites. They don't really care. They didn't read my mind when I needed them to. You know, or, you know, I've, I've been medicating myself to keep them, you know, to keep from feeling horrible. And now I'm not sure if God will forgive me because of my own coping mechanisms. And, you know, where am I now? And most people can make a pretty good show for a time. We, you know, we can all kind of fake it. We can talk the talk. Um, we can do the things. And we can appear to have a solid faith. But eventually, rootlessness reveals itself. Eventually, that rootless lives, you know, they, they reveal themselves when the storms come, when temptations come, when misfortunes come, when depression comes along and lingers and won't go away, right? But God shows us in his word how to be anchored. 
You know, it's, we can look at God's word as like a manual for being anchored, for having a foundation, right? Um, you know, he doesn't just leave us to figure it out on our own. And that's the one thing that I love about, like, one of the things that always, it's always a mystery to me when I see people walk away from the faith. That, to me, that's mysterious. That's like, I don't, I don't understand why. I don't understand how somebody could, you know. And there's an old saying, you know, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. And I think a lot of times when we see people drift away, walk away, give up, it's because their roots were never there, right? And have you ever seen a tree that looks big and strong, but when the windstorm comes along, it uproots it, and you, know, you see it laying in your neighbor's front yard, right? It's because that tree's roots didn't go, any, didn't go very deep. And so believers like that, Christians are like that. You know, when their roots don't go very deep, when hard times come and the wind blows, they're out of here. It's stupid. And then they say things like those Christians are a bunch of hypocrites or they blame the church or they blame this or blame that or, you know, whatever. And uh, remember we talked last week about the blame game. We don't want to be blamers, right? We don't want to blame. We don't want to shame. We don't want to stay the same. But all that we know to become, all that we need to know to become anchored in Jesus, all that we need to know to live as a disciple and grow as a disciple can be found in the Bible. And uh, this week's anchoring practice is the study of Scripture. And I want to talk about that today. And, and, and why that's important and how we can do that. And you see, the, the words of the Bible are inspired by God. They're the truth. Amen? They're the truth. And without truth firmly planted in our hearts and in our minds, we believe lies that are harmful to our souls. And so a lot of us, I, I'd have to say, I'm just going to go on a limb and say probably every single person in this room right now is believing one lie or another. Every single person in this room right now, probably, there's probably a lie somewhere that, that you believe. And it might be a lie about yourself. It might be a lie about God. It might be a lie about whatever. But God's word is the truth. And without the truth planted in our hearts and our minds, we believe lies. And those lies can be really harmful to our souls. Really harmful to our souls. And we see examples out in the world all the time where lies uh, are perpetuated and people believe them. And they're living less than um, life abundantly because they're believing a lie. I remember way back in the day when I was a youth pastor. And um, I think I shared this before, but uh, I had a student in the youth group who wanted to start a Bible study at school. And this is actually Ian's sister. Remember that, Ian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, oh, you didn't go to school. <laughs> and so... She wanted to start a Bible study at her school, and her principal, when she went to her principal and she said, hey, I want to start a Bible study, the principal said, no, you can't, that that is a violation of separation of church and state. Well, that was a lie, and whether he thought it was true or not, or whether he was deliberately lying, we don't know, but he told her, no, you can't have a Bible study here, that's against the law. And so, what did she do? Being studious and smart, she went and studied what? Yes, the law. She went and took, take, took a look at the law. And she went to him, again, with the law, written down verbatim, and said, according to the law, I can have a Bible study here. And the principal looked at it, read it, and said, okay. 
he didn't have a choice, right? He was, he was caught in his lie. And uh, so she was able to have her Bible study. But there's so many times where the devil lies to us. The devil lies to us, and we just believe it. We just believe what he said. When the devil comes along and lies to us and says things like, you're not loved, you're not welcome, you're not accepted, you're not forgiven, what you did can never be forgiven, you're tainted, you're filthy now, and then the devil comes along and he lies to us, and because we don't have the truth of God's word in our hearts and in our minds, we believe it. We believe it. If every single person in this room believed and lived out the absolute truth about us and about God and about his word, we would change the world. This city would be transformed. This room would be packed. Our camps would have ten times as many, you know, you know it would just be amazing. And so uh, the truth is liberating, and a lot of times it's just a matter of taking the time to learn the truth, right? And just like Kirsten took the time to learn the truth, and she was able to advance the kingdom in, our, in her school, we can learn the truth, advance the kingdom in our lives, advance the kingdom in our surroundings. And so uh, before we get started, though, we're going we're gonna to move into this looking at the truth. I just want to lay down a foundational principle, and this is a foundational principle that's going to run through the entire series, okay? Uh, it's this idea of being anchored, being anchored in Christ. And so if we're going to let our roots grow in Him, if we're going to stay strong through the storms, th- this truth has to remain. We have to do it from a longing for God. It's all about a longing for God. Okay? If, if, it's not, if it's not motivated by a desire for Him, if it's not motivated by a longing for God, then it's just dry religious homework. Then we just study the Bible, and it's just religious homework. And, and sometimes, you know what happens when we study the Bible, when it's religious homework, and it's not motivated from a, a longing for God? People get prideful about what they know. You ever, you, ever walk, you ever meet somebody who knows the Bible super well, but they're a total prideful jerk? You know? And it's like, there's not, there's not love coming out of them. That's, that's not transformational. That's just kind of head knowledge, and look what I know. And, you know, if you're going to do that, pick a different subject. Okay? Pick a different subject to be a jerk about, because don't make it about the Bible. Because all you do is when you meet people who don't know the Lord yet, they look at you and go, I don't want to be like that. If that's what following the Lord looks like, that's not what I want to be a part of. And so it has to come out of a longing for God. And so one of the great things, when we long for God, right, what, is, what does God say when you, when you come towards Him? He, when you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. When you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. And so we want it to be out of a longing for God. And so uh, Psalms 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? So, I mean, I just love the phrases that the psalmist used there about longing him, just like a deer who's thirsty, you know, longs for water. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been super thirsty, like really, really thirsty, like mega thirsty, right? Imagine that being applied to your soul. And the problem with a lot of us is like, and let's just go to that water illustration. If you kind of drink a little bit of water every day, you don't really experience that thirst, that super thirst. It's just kind of enough to maybe satiate the thirst, but 
it's, it's, it's not really enough to really satisfy your body. I remember one time I went to the hospital because I was really sick, and I drank normal water just like anybody did, you know. I, you know, maybe a cup here and a cup there, had some juice in the morning. I wasn't super intentional about drinking a lot of water. I just had a little bit of water, just a little bit, you know, and to keep me from being thirsty. And when I went to the hospital because I was sick, they said, well, you're dehydrated, you know. And so a lot of us, I think we get just a little bit of God, you know. We get a little K-love, right? That's good. We come to church on Sunday. That's right. We kind of have just enough to sort of satiate the thirst, but not enough to really quench us, not enough to really fill us. And so what we don't want to understand is that a lot of us walk in a state of spiritual dehydration, and we don't know it. Because, you know, we live in Merca. In Merca, we got Jesus everywhere. You can turn, we've got like five, like you don't even have to have cable to have five Christian TV stations now, you know. And we've got, what, half a dozen Christian radio stations. We've got people walking around with T-shirts that say God's gym on them. That makes me look really old. But, uh, you know, we have just enough to kind of satisfy our thirst, but we're still dehydrated. And we act a lot, a lot like... You know, we become like uh, people with anorexia. You know, the, the thing with anorexia is that the, the dangerous part about anorexia is you actually stop being hungry, you know. And you're not hungry anymore, but you're literally starving to death. I think a lot of believers are like that, and that's why we see kind of people just walk away, and, ah, oh, that's not for me. They're not getting the feels or whatever it is. And so we have to be people that hunger and thirst for the Lord. And so if you, if you find yourself in a place where you're not hungry, where it's, like, easy for you to not worship, right, where it's easy for you to, like, you know, neglect the Word and neglect prayer for days at a time, that's, that should be, a, like, a red flag, like a warning sign. Like, when, when that's, if that describes you, like, sirens should be going off. Burp, 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 something's not right here. Because I'm dying spiritually, and I'm not even hungry, and I don't even really care. You know what, if that's you, go get prayer today. Go see Barb. Go, I don't know if Bethany's back there, but I'm sure if there's more than one or two people that need prayer, she'll jump in there. You know, go, just go back there and get prayer today if that's you. But um, we're going to start off. We're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 4. And in this story, it's about Jesus when he was fasting. And uh, he's totally getting harassed by the devil. And, and I don't know if you guys, if, you, if that statement, harassed by the devil, makes any sense to you. But uh, if, if you understood kind of what that meant, I think a lot of us here would go, yeah, I've been harassed by the devil before, you know. And he was being harassed by the devil. And the devil was tempting him. It says, then Jesus was led, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures say, You guys see a pattern here? You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the 
all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So if you remember one thing this morning, please remember this. Freedom comes with knowledge of the truth. Freedom comes with knowledge of the truth. All right? I was cursed and free to start the Bible study. She had knowledge of the truth. Why did Jesus, how was Jesus able to resist? You guys, something that we need to understand here about Jesus. Jesus, when he was born in human form, did not have the scriptures automatically memorized in his mind. Right? He wasn't, he's not, he wasn't born with all that. He spent years of his life studying it. We call it. We tend to think that Jesus sort of like supernaturally recited scripture here. No, he took the time to study it and memorize it and know it. And then was able to recall it when the devil came against him. And freedom comes with knowledge of truth. If you want to, a, to live in a greater level of freedom in your life, then know the truth. Then know the word. Our enemy is referred to in scripture as the deceiver. Right? He's the deceiver of the whole world, Revelation 12, 9. He is the deceiver of the whole world. That is the weapon, the primary weapon that the devil uses against you is deceit, is lies. Right? What does the word says when he lies? He speaks his native tongue. Right? And so he just lies all the time. Lies, 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 lies. And he wants to see you in bondage. And his weapons and his ropes are lies. But our freedom, our defense, our weapon is studying the Word of God. Is studying the Word of God. And, and so, here's the thing. Our minds conform to that which we concentrate on most. That's what your minds conform to. Whatever you look at most, read most, you know. Uh, if, if you're always, you know, uh, if you're you know, always watching lots of scary movies, it's going to make your mind fearful. Yesterday was Halloween. I made the mistake... Of before I went to bed last night, I kind of watched part of an old scary movie from like from the 70s. I'm watching it on my phone. Wendy's asleep. I'm, I'm like not ready to go to bed yet. I'm like, I want to stay up a little later. We got to roll the clocks back. I want to be able to sleep through the night. Uh, so I'll stay up just a little bit later. I'll watch something scary. And I had the worst night of sleep ever. I, it was horrible. I had the worst night of sleep. Scary movies make me have to get up and use the bathroom a lot during the night. Um, no, so... I, when we watch scary movies, it makes us fearful. Focusing too much on the news makes us anxious. Doesn't it? When was the last time you turned on the news and, like, there was good news? There is none. It's not that there isn't good news. It's just that good news doesn't sell. Good news doesn't keep you watching over and over again. You know, we get anxious. People who watch the news all the time, people who are always, you know, got, always just tuned in to all the bad news, it makes us anxious. Giving too much concentration to... You know, complaining, other people, you ever, hang, you ever hang around lots of complainers? And what does that make you? It makes you kind of angry. And then you start complaining, things like that, right? But concentration on scripture, on scripture brings freedom. It brings joy. It brings joy. We need to re renew our minds. Romans 12, 2 tells us that God's word renews our mind. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so sick of all this pandemic stuff. I'm so sick of all... The, the, the venomous election talk. I'm so sick of just the constant message that the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. I am so sick of it! Right? And so I, at times, I'm like, I need you, God, just to wash my mind. You know, Scripture says washing your mind with the water of the Word. I need renewal in my mind. 
And uh, just, you know what? Now more than ever, I need renewal in my mind. And so we're going to talk just really quickly some simple ways to kind of bring this into practice in our lives. And the first is so obvious. It's so obvious. But read the Bible regularly, please. Every day or most days. Every day or most days, please read the Bible. You know what? Y'all are, if you're a Christian, that should be like Christianity 101. I'm a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, read the Bible. You know, read the Bible. You don't have to read the Bible, you know, in a year if you don't want to. You don't have to try to read an entire book of the Bible in one sitting. But it's a lot like exercise, right? It's better to do a dozen push-ups a day than to lift weights hardcore once a week, right? Exercise is done daily. It's so much better for you. You're better off just reading a few verses every day than several chapters once a week or once a month, right? And so just make it a practice to get the word in you every day, every day. You can listen to it, right? There's the Bible app. Wendy does the Bible app every morning. It's so funny. So when she's in the bathroom getting ready in the morning and she's straightening her hair, whatever, she's got these earbuds in her uh, ears and she's having the Bible read to her, right? Sometimes she'll make the mistake of leaving her phone out and when she's not looking, I'll go on Spotify and I'll pull up an album full of fart sound effects. And I'll play it. She's like doing her hair and all of a sudden she hears... And so, but you can listen to it. You can have it read to you. You can, you can, there's a great app, the Bible in One Year app. So feel free to pull out your phone. The Bible in One Year app, it will read scripture to you and it'll give you a really great devotional on that passage. Now, I didn't think that you could come up with a great devotional on every passage in scripture. Because, you know, let's just be honest, some of those passages are like, what? The genealogy? Matthew chapter 1? How can you come up with a devotional for that? You know, Numbers, some Leviticus? Yeah? When the woman is on her cycle, she should leave the camp? I mean, how are you going to come up with a devotional for that? Right? But they found a way. They found a way. It's wonderful. And, uh, and, and the devotional is done by Nikki Gumbel. And, you know, when Nikki Gumbel's talking to you, everything's fine. Right? When Nikki Gumbel's talking, you just feel like the, everything's fine. The Bible in One Year app, that's another good one. You can even, you know what, you can even go to Spotify and you, subs- you can subscribe to the Bible in a Year podcast where they just read it to you in a year. And so there's so many ways, there's so, so, so many ways to encounter Scripture every day that there's really no reason not to. It's almost like there's so many reasons, there's so many ways, there's so many avenues for, you know, taking in Scripture every day. We pretty much have to, you know, deliberately avoid it, you know, to not get it in every day. Get the word in every day. So read the Bible regularly. And the next thing is concentrate on it. Concentrate on Scripture. Give it your full attention. When it's, when it's Bible time, give it your attention. And this will, this will stretch you a little bit, but you know, we, we, are, we are in a, a, a society and a culture that loves the sound bite. It's all about the sound bite. It's about the tweet delivery. It's the 140 characters. We literally have a, a, a shorter attention span than goldfish now. Uh, you know, we're into the link bait, the headline method of accumulating information, right? Facebook has done marvelously with that, with everybody sharing headlines. Please, everybody within the sound of my voice, stop sharing news articles. Stop sharing news articles. Yes, thank you. Stop sharing the blog posts and the news articles. Unless it's my blog post, I don't want you to share it. 
stop sharing news articles because this is what, because news, listen, because the way that news uh, articles are written, they will spend more time, I'm not kidding you, they will spend more time writing the headline than they will writing the article. Why? Because they are carefully crafting a headline to grab you by the emotions and get you to share that stupid thing. Whether the headline is, you know, I can't even tell you how many times where I have saw the headline, clicked on the article and went, the article doesn't even agree with the headline. That was, that was total clickbait. Please, please, if you love Jesus and me, stop sharing news articles on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you. I step off of my soapbox. I love you all, but stop. Uh, okay, concentrate on it. Concentrate it because it takes more than just sound bites and headlines and, and link bait. That's you know we have to grow beyond accumulating information from headlines and link baits and you know and tweets. Okay, that's not information. What that is is manipulation. It's not information. It's just there to manipulate you, and so. Um, uh, give it your full attention. Shut off distractions, right? When it's, when, it's, when it's time with the Lord, when it's time in Scripture, shut off distractions. Turn off the notifications on your phone. All the ladies learned how to do that on the recent women's retreat. It's wonderful. So many of them came back, and they had all notifications turned off on their phones. Some of them took Facebook, the Facebook app off of their phones, you know. And so just get rid of the distractions and just concentrate, 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 right? And so reread a verse. If, you t if you're reading through scripture, it's okay. Reread a verse. It's not about getting it done, right? There's so many things in life, chores and tasks, but it's all about get or done. That's not what scripture's all about. Stop. Take your time. You know, spend time with it. Reread the verse several times. Maybe write it down. I, I have a better time uh, absorbing information when I write it down. So sometimes when a scripture jumps out at me or a verse jumps out at me, I'll write it down just to get more of my brain involved with that process of accumulating that scripture. And so reread it to you. Write it down or memorize it. Memorize it. That's what Jesus did, right? I wish Gary was here to ask because Gary would know how much of the Torah Jesus had memorized by the time he was 13, right? He might have had the whole Torah memorized by the time he was 13. Gary, go ahead and put that in the comments. If you hear this, write it down so uh, Gary knows. Gary knows. And so maybe write it down, memorize it. But give God your full attention when you go to his word, right? Give God your full attention, just like if you were out on a date, yeah? You're out on a date, you're sitting across from each other at the table, and when that person's talking, you're in rapt attention, right? Oh, I love this. Honey, I'm, I'm listening to you all the time. We, we go out on dates. That's why I don't like to go to restaurants with TVs on the wall, because I'm like, she's talking to me, and I'm like, what? what? What's happening there? And so, uh, just rapt attention. Give God your full attention. And the next thing is, dig a little deeper, right? You know, maybe grab a commentary, Bible... Go to blueletter.com. It's free. They got loads of commentaries and concordances and, and dictionaries. It's wonderful. It's like having the old logo software, but it's free. And so just go to blueletter.com. All the, the, the translations are there. All of the commentaries are there. It's wonderful. Greek and Hebrew lexicons, it's there. But just do something just to go a little deeper, right? Just know what Bible scholars have to say about that verse, okay? 
So, and then the other thing is, is discuss the scripture with somebody. Do you have somebody in your life that you can kind of talk about scripture with? Guys, I think it might be easier for women because women can talk about, like, uh, you know, deep things. Guys get together and are like, hey. Did you see that? Did you see Stranger Things? It's awesome. Are you, you going to watch The Mandalorian Season 2? It's awesome. Guys, have, when guys start talking deep, it's almost like, you know, there's this crazy, uncomfortable, you know, feeling to it. But talk to other people about what you're reading in the Word. In the Word. People are uncomfortable talking about the Word with me. I'm a pastor. Please. Okay? So, discuss Scripture with somebody. When we get community groups fired back up, midweek programs fired back up again, join one so we can talk and you know, fellowship around it. I love it when we can ex- exchange ideas and what is the scripture speaking to you and how is God using it in your life, right? And so look up those little cross-references in your Bible, right? Flip back to the concordance. You know, just, just go a little bit deeper. I'm not saying go ahead and enroll, you know, at the Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. I'm just saying just go a little bit deeper, just a little bit deeper, Okay? And the last thing is, reflect on it. Reflect on it, Scripture. Okay? You know, what, is, what do you think the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you in that moment? That's why it's so important that we don't just sort of go, I'm going to read three chapters, and then we get like halfway through the first chapter, we have no idea, we, we can't even remember what we read, right? And so, just go through it slowly. Ask, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? How can I apply this to my life? You know what? You can't apply everything in the Bible to your life because, you know, you just can't. You can't apply the genealogy to your life. I don't know, maybe Nicky Gumbel can. Maybe he come up with a great devotional. But how can this scripture apply to your life? What's jumping out at you? I love to read uh, with a highlighter in my hand. I almost never have a book without a highlighter in my hand. And I like reading from a Kindle because I can just use my finger, highlight stuff, go back, grab those highlights and those notes, those notes later. Uh, I don't like to just read a book. I like to gut a book. And just like, uh, so, you know, how can you apply it to your life? What's jumping out at you? And journal it. Write it down. Write down what maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And so what I want to do is I want to give everybody here, and I know I've done this many times before, but I think it's, <coughs> excuse me, I think it's important that we, um, uh, that we have a refresher on this because uh, every few years it's important we go, okay, I need, I need a method. You know, I don't want to just, you know, be a should-do pastor. Y'all should do this and y'all should do that. I'm going to give you some how-to. And so um, this is just kind of one of my favorite ways to practice, like, daily study of Scripture because you don't, you don't need to, like have a big desk with lots of books spread out everything like that. You should have your Bible, have a notebook, have a pen, right? And it's, it's called the SOAP method. Some of you uh, could probably come up here and, and tell us about the SOAP method better than I can even. But uh, grab your Bible, your notebook, and a pen. And so S in SOAP is for Scripture. And let's say you're reading a chapter of Scripture. You're reading a chapter in Luke, and wow, 
one or two verses just really jumped out at you. And uh, I just love it when that happens. And so something just jumped out at you. There's just something specifically that maybe you had a question about or whatever. Then write that scripture down. Just write it down. Remember, when we write something down, it engages a greater part of our brain. So we retain it, we remember it better. So write the scripture down. That's why they've actually done studies in college classrooms where, where you've got students who take notes with notebooks and a pen, and you have students that actually have a laptop open and kind of type as the professor's talking, and the people who are actually writing it down with a notebook and pen retain more because they're, engage, they're engaging greater parts of their brain. And so go old school, get a notebook and pen, okay? And write down what jumped out at you. Write that scripture down, every word, okay? Take, it, sounds like, it sounds like, oh, Lee, I don't have hours a day. This takes like five minutes. So then O, O is for observation. And underneath that scripture, you just write down what you observed from it. What did I observe from the scripture? And here's the thing, nobody's gonna grade you on this. There's no wrong answer. Okay? Nobody's going nobody's to come along. I'm not going to come and look at your notebooks. I don't want to. Okay? So just, just write it down, the scripture, then write down the observation. What do you observe from this scripture? And it could be anything. It could just be like, wow, you know, my observation is that God's love and his grace and his mercy are outstanding. Or I could, you could write down just whatever, okay, jumps out at you. And then A is for application. How can I apply this to my life right now? How can I apply this? Here's the thing, like, like, when I first started this method, I thought, there's no way. There's going to be days where I skip the A. But I have found that God's word is incredibly practical. Like, there are so many, there, I have found applications and things that I never thought I would ever find an application for. But I found an application, okay? So your scripture, your observation, your application, and then P is for prayer, right? And all you're doing here is you're just writing out uh, prayer to ask God to help you apply this to your life, to ask God to help you to see him in more of your life, to ask God to help you have a greater understanding of scripture, you know? And so you're just writing out a prayer. And, and, and again, it, this, this doesn't have to be a five-page prayer. It could be one paragraph, two sentences, right? And so you're just writing out a short prayer, your scripture, your observation, your application, and your prayer. I mean, it, here's the thing. You know, we talked earlier about just so many things that come against and beat against the boat of our life, right? But imagine just being steady when the storms come, right? Imagine getting, you know, bad news and just having joy and feeling steady and feeling calm and, and being the person at work who isn't freaking out. I know you were talking about that earlier. You were like, people are going to get mad at me because I'm not freaking out about everything. Yeah. Cool. All right. I want to be the one that's not freaking out. I want to be the one that's anchored. I want to be the one who has deep roots. Because as my roots grow downward, my branches grow upward, and people can come and find shade and find shelter, right? And so uh, uh, you can be steady when the storms come, not just for yourself, but for your family and for others, all right? And, and, and imagine a greater level of freedom in your life. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like... I feel like I can always use a greater level of freedom. Like, always. I feel like I can always. You know, freedom from anxiety, freedom from worrying, freedom from anger. You know, this morning we gathered together for prayer as a worship team, and we ended up having sort of like this angry rant about, 
you know, all sorts of, you know, cultural things and whatever. And imagine just having a greater sense of freedom, even just from that, you know, and, and being able to walk in that freedom. It comes from being anchored in the Word of God, right? Imagine having a greater level, level of freedom, more than you've ever experienced. And so as we close this morning, the worship team wants to come. Um, I'm just going to pray. I want to pray for you. But uh, I want to challenge you uh, to get prayer this morning if, if you need it. Our, worship, our prayer team is going to head back there. And if you need prayer, maybe a greater sense of freedom in your life. Maybe you're, you're, you're just struggling with anxiety. Maybe this season has just really got you depressed or whatever. Uh, go back and get prayer. Kathy Lyle's back on the team today. She's a prayer warrior. Bob's a prayer warrior. Those guys, man, they're awesome. If more than two need prayer, Bethany will go back there. Uh, you know, just get prayer this morning. These people love you, and they want to pray for you, and they want to pray for greater freedom in your life. But uh, I'm going to pray. Why don't you guys stand with me? Lord, this morning, we praise you, and we love you, we thank you for your word. God, your word, your word is life. Your word is health. It's life to our bones. It's freedom, God, to our hearts, to our minds. Your word is freedom. And God, we pray that you'd help us to walk in that great freedom, that you would help us to be people of the word. Lord, people who are feasting on your word, that are taking in your word and loving your word, God. That are hearing you speak to us through it. God, that we would be anchored, anchored, anchored in you. In Jesus' name, amen.